Thank you all for your singing, for the pianist that played, the blessing that that is. Psalm 90, we read a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood, they are as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up, in the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, we spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off when we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I'm not preaching on verse 12, but... As I read it, it's a special verse to me. My grandfather, uh, who's passed away back in 2009, I don't know how many times he would quote that verse. And then he'd proceed to tell us how old he was, how many days that was, and he'd teach us on that. And so whenever I read that, I always think of, of him. Return, O Lord, how long, and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Read again verse 1. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity that it is to speak. Lord, I ask that you'd give me uh, clarity of thought and of expression, that you give me boldness, as Brother Steve asked, and Lord, I ask that, that we'd be blessed. Thank you how your word touches our hearts, and we ask for your blessing. Only you can help us, and we'll thank you for what you'll do in answer to prayer, and for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. As we think of that verse, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations, I, I want us to think about the subject tonight about home, finding a home in God, or homed in God. Pastor Dietrich has mentioned several times Vance Havner, and uh, if you all have never listened to him, you can uh, find stuff of his online, or you can read his books, and uh, I would encourage you to do that. He had a, a homespun way of talking, but he had this expression that I had never heard before. I was listening to one of his messages, and he talked about, first he gave this illustration, he talked about this old lady who, who back, back in the days, probably the three or four hundreds, was going to go on a long journey and she wasn't in the greatest of health. And her son said to her, Mom, if you go on this journey, you may die away from home. And she said to him, I'm, I'm homed in God. And I thought, well, that's a really interesting expression because I'd never heard of that before. And then I read this verse and it says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place or a habitation, a dwelling, a, a home in all generations. And... Man, that's a really special verse, and I've been thinking about it on and off, off, on and off this summer, thinking about God as a home for His people, and uh, I'd like us to look look about that tonight. As we think of the subject of home, I, 
I was talking to Brother Mike tonight before the service. He's going to be speaking in a place called Waterloo, South Carolina. I was telling him, my grandpa, my grandpa Smith was born in a place called Paris, Tennessee. And uh, I, I joke sometimes about my grandpa was from Paris, and then I, Paris, Paris Tennessee. It, the, the name of the fame for Paris is it's, I think, the home of the world's biggest catfish fry. Uh, I, I've never had catfish, but I guess some folks like that. He, he used to brag about that. But... The, the old home place, as they called it, was they named it Waterloo. And I'm not sure if that means there was a lot of fights there, because Waterloo is the, the place where Napoleon was beaten by uh, uh, the Duke of Wellington. But, and I was there when I was a little kid, but I don't remember it. And just recently, about a year or two, it, it burnt down. But I think of how he would talk. He left, 17, uh, he left home when he was 17 years old, came up to Maryland, and worked there in World War II at an aircraft plant. And though he never went back home to stay, he left at 17. I remember in his 70s and 80s, he was talking about the old home place. Home has a special place. Uh, if you were to come to me and ask me where I live, I could tell you I live in Shelby, North Carolina. But if you were to ask me where's your home, I could take you up to Maryland, drive, out, drive through Baltimore, I don't go to Baltimore when, uh, when I'm back in Maryland because I don't like Baltimore. But going home, it's, it's like, I love, I love Baltimore. It's exciting. Mrs. Matz, you're, you're from the Baltimore area, and uh, I don't want to point you out there. But. but I think about that, and as you go up 95, you take exit 74, and in your mind's eye, you take, take that ramp, and you go about a mile, and you turn a left on Joppa Road, and turn left, and there's, a, there's, there's home. That's where my mom and dad are. And I think of that. Let's think about God as a home for his people. We think about figures of speech or types or pictures that the Bible uses of God. God is infinite, but yet he, we read of different um, pictures of, of what he is to his people. You think about, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Well, there's a picture there for us to, to learn truths about God. You think about... The, the Lord God is a sun and a shield. Well, God is not literally a shield. Like if you were to see a shield, that's not God. But there's something about that that's a picture. So we think about this home. And I, I, I want us to think about what is it about a home that we can learn something about God. I want to think about some aspects of what a home is and what that means when we think about the Lord a home is a place of shelter, when you think about it. I guess I better start looking at my notes now instead of just talking off the top of my head. It might get dangerous here. <laughs> but speaking of Baltimore, I've, I've been through Baltimore, not, not by choice, but due to work situations sometimes. And, and there were times, there was one time when it was a real cold day, and we were walking out on the streets to a job. And there was a man lying on, like, the grate on the sidewalk. And it's not uncommon in Baltimore and other places to see people that are homeless, people lying out on the street. They're exposed to the elements. And I think of God, think of God as a home. And what, what are the shelter that we have in, in him? And first of all, I think if we have a shelter from hell. Shelter from hell. Shelter from the judgment of God. Because I trusted in Jesus Christ, I'm never going to have to face hell. And that's, Really, that's the greatest thing to know is God at home. But I also think we have shelters, a shelter in the storms of life. Yes, we still go through the storms, 
but we're sheltered. It can't harm us. Think of Isaiah 26.3. We read, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And I think of the, the old gospel song, The Lord's our rock, in him we hide a shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever ill betide a shelter in the time of storm. I think of the song, Sheltered in the Arms of God. I don't know if you all have ever heard that. Psalm 61.3, For thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. And I also think of Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then Isaiah 32.2, a man shall be as a hiding place. And I believe that's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. From the wind and, from the co- and a covert from the tempest is rivers of water in a dry place as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Think of the song, Beneath the cross of Jesus, I fain would take my stand, the shadow of a mighty rock within a weary land, a home within the wilderness, a rest upon the way from the burning of the noontide heat and the burden of the day. Here's a song that maybe you all have never heard of before, but it's, I think of this shelter aspect of the Lord. In heavenly love abiding, no change my heart shall fear, and safe is such confiding, for nothing changes here. The storm may roar without me, my heart may low be laid, but God is round about me. And can I be dismayed? I'm safe. I have the shelter from the judgment of God, from hell. I have the shelter in the storms of life. And if we were to look into Psalm 91, Psalm 91 we won't, we won't uh, spend time there tonight, but you think of verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You think of that expression, the shadow of the Almighty. That's the, the title of a book about Jim Elliot. Well, Jim Elliot died a martyr's death. But though he was hurt physically, the ultimate harm did not come. All right. So I think of it's a place of shelter. Think of Jesus. He said, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Oh, that's 35, verse 35. Verse 38 and 39. For I'm persuaded neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So home is a place of shelter, and I find shelter in God. And I can take comfort in that. I think of also how a home is a place of rest. And, and you go from your long day of work and you just, you need the rest. Well, the Lord Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. He says, you'll find rest for your souls. I think of also how a home is not only a place of shelter and it's a place of rest, but it's a place that's settled And it's a place of stability. My brother, being a missionary, uh, for a long time they were on deputation. And they were in a different place every night. So there's, okay, that's not what we typically expect. Uh, If Marco was to go home, I'm going to pick on you because you're my boss. If you're to go home with your wife tonight and you're driving home and you turn into Forest City and she says, "Where, where are you going? And he's like, we're going home. And she'd be like, uh, we live in Shelby. Oh, but home's in Forest City tonight. She'd look at you like you're crazy. 
Your home is always there. God is always there. He's always there for his people. There's stability in that. Usually I can be free range and get away from my notes. I I hate being cramped on my... It's like a free-range chicken, but you got a free-range preacher, but I'm just, I'm dying here. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> uh, in Christ, we have an unshakable foundation. The Bible says that um, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid in Christ Jesus. And you think of that special song, the wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling down. But there's the stability in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful for that. He doesn't change. He's always there. And I can have a stable foundation for my life. But as we look in verse 1, we think, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Think about some aspects, some other aspects of a home. Not only is there shelter, rest, and stability. uh, A home is personal. I don't, I mean, I could go in Marco's home and he would say, make yourself at home, and I I would to an extent, Uh, but (laughs) there's some things I wouldn't do. I mean, that's his home. Um, Thou has been our dwelling place. There's a personal aspect to that. God is my God, but he's he's our God. As, As believers, there's the personal aspect. We all have a home in God. But then there's also, think about the foreverness or the perpetuity of this. Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. There's not a generation that's been excluded from finding a home in God. I told about my grandpa. My grandpa Smith uh, came from an unsaved uh, background. He came up to Maryland during World War II, worked on an aircraft plant. After the war, he he went to Bible college. He wanted to be a preacher. Uh, He was unsaved. And it was in the first week of Bible class that he had a teacher that came and he, he gave them the verses, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And my, my grandpa's like, I've never done that. And he got saved. So God is a home for, God is, God, he is, because my grandfather, though he's passed away, he's with the Lord. God's not the God of the dead, he's the God of the living. But he is and he was a home for my grandfather and my grandmother. But he's also a home for my, my great-grandfather, my, my, uh, who, is, who trusted in the Lord became a pastor, and my mother and my father. But he's a home for me. And I'm thankful for that, that it's a blessing to have godly heritage. But he's, he's a home for me, too. I'm not excluded from that. There's the permanence of that. You think of a home. See, when we use, when we use illustrations of things that we're familiar with, there's an aspect that, that it's not cut and dry, that it doesn't fully, you can't fully grasp and explain who the Lord is. So when I think of the permanence of a home, there's an aspect which that doesn't, that's not really like, like what we experience because you pass away, your home's no longer yours. It may succeed to your family. Or you move. But the fact is, 
I will always have the Lord as my home. And one day I'll be with him in person. And then there's a personal aspect of this. Not, not personal, but there's... Okay, God is not a building. God is a person. So I have that in him. So I think of the home, it's a place of shelter, it's a place of rest, it's a place of stability. And I want us to take, take it further than just the aspect of you think of uh, what a home would picture, a building, a habitation, but, but really, really the heart of what a home is. I had all these quotes, and, and think of one that's familiar. Home is where the, yeah, all right. This is, this is just a free one since I was born in Kansas. So give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play. We're never heard a discouraging word. The skies are not cloudy. I've heard some my dad said this, and I'm sure it's not original with him. You show me a home where the buffalo roam, I'll give you a dirty home. So... <laughs> But a home is a place where there's love. You can have a house and not a home, right? And there's people that have what they call McMansions, you know, million-dollar uh, houses, and, and they've gone through a whole string of, of marriages and their life's a wreck, and there's turmoil. Think of the, the verse, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith, Proverbs fifteen seventeen, And uh, this one might get me in trouble, Proverbs 21, 9, but I've got one on following it. It is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop, which is exposed to the elements, than with a brawling woman in a white house. And if you think I'm just picking on ladies, here's, here's a good one for guys. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, Proverbs eleven twenty nine. So we got both male and female covered. You know, you've met ladies that are just like, oh, my, my soul, I poor guy that is, has her. And you meet guys, it's like, oh, man, that poor woman. How, did, how in the world did that mess of a human being get her? You know, seriously. God is, God is love. I'm, I may never get asked to speak again. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. First John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because... It knoweth him not, knew him not. I've been at places where I've been at home that are not my actual home. And if I were to, if you were to say, what was that that caused that? Probably the biggest thing is love. It really is. You know that they care about you. And we have that in the Lord in 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 the ultimate way. Because his love is perfect. Because we're going to do things that even with our family that that are going to cause problems. But God always loves us. First John 4.10, Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to the propitiation for our sins. Romans 5.8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loves me. He wants to be with me. So I think of the home. It's a place of shelter. It's a place of rest. It's a place of stability. It's a place of love. It's a place of belonging. I heard a preacher yesterday, and he talked about how that within every person there's the desire for that, and I think he's right. I think that's why uh, one of the one of the there's an unsaved poet that I that I read, and she said something about that there's this I long as every human being does to be at home wherever I find myself, 
And I believe that that's true. There's a place of belonging. Have you ever been in a, in a social setting? Maybe you're invited to a party or something, and you get in there, and really quickly you're like, oh, I'm like not at home. How can I get out of this situation as quickly as I can, as politely as I can, but you're in other places you're like, okay, I belong here. I fit in. Uh, there's a place of belonging. Also, a home is a place of openness, a place of familiarity, of freeness, where I'm not unguarded. Charles Spurgeon says it's a place where a man can unbend himself and feel at home and speak. Uh, man, I'm struggling with these words. Familiarly. That's kind of like George Bush trying to say nuclear. Or nu- <laughs> Or nu- nuclear. Uh, <laughs> I can feel at home. Psalm 139. I can feel at home with God. L- why don't you turn over there? Psalm 139. O oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? And he goes on. Then in verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting life. A place of openness. I can be at home what I wouldn't necessarily be in public. As, as crazy as, as you guys see me sometimes, um, you can open up. And with God, He already knows all about us. And really, we should, when we go into His presence, we should open up before Him and just be honest with Him because He already knows about us anyway. So it's a place of shelter, of rest, of stability, of love, belonging, openness. And finally, home is a place of healing. It's a place to go when you're hurt and heartbroken. Uh, I remember years, several years ago, when, uh, when Billy Graham passed away. Um, and his, one of his daughters got up and spoke at the funeral. And she talked about how she had made this uh, decision. Uh, it was... It was not a good decision, she, but before so, she talked to her family. They're like, you know, you should wait and, and not do this. She talked to her parents, and they said, you know, don't, don't do this. She went ahead, and within a 24 hours, she said, I knew I'd made a terrible decision. And she got out of the situation in which she was. She said, I had to go home. She's a grown lady. Uh, home is where you go where you're hurt and heartbroken when you've messed up so bad. She said, I, I was driving up the mountain. She's like, what am I going to say to dad? What am I going to say to my parents? Because they knew that I shouldn't do this. She said, I, I, I got out of my car. And she said, my dad was standing right right there. And she said, she's like, I'm not going to know what to say to him. She said, he opened up his arms, gave her a hug, and said, welcome home. I wrote down what she said. This was really good. She says, when we come to God with our sin, our brokenness, our failure, our pain and hurt, God says, welcome home. 
Psalm 147, verse 3 and 4 says about God, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their name. So as I think of this subject of a home and I think of these aspects, shelter, rest, stability, love, belonging, openness, healing, I can find it in God. I need to be aware of that. I need to take advantage of that. But will I? In conclusion, I just, I just want us to think about who wrote this. this is, it's a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Think of Moses' life. He was born in a slave hut in Egypt. When he was very young, he was taken in the palace of the daughter of the leader of the world's superpower. Was, was that his home, though? He was taken away from his family? So for 40 years, he's raised in the home of a pagan woman who, who would not have had values that he would have had. And then he flee, has to flee from Egypt because he'd killed the Egyptian, but he'd turned his back on Egypt. And for 40 more years, he's in the wilderness. And he says, his one son, he, he calls the name, and, and we read it says, because I've been a stranger in a strange land. So he wasn't at home for those 40 years. So 80 years of his life, he's not at home. And then you think the last 40 years of his life, he's wandering in the wilderness. In fact, this psalm was written in the wilderness. They're, they don't have homes. Every, every day they could at one moment have to pack up and, and get moving for all those years. So really, 120 years, almost all of it, he never had a settled place where he lived. He never had a home. And I never thought about this, but there was a pastor that said he would die and be buried in an unmarked grave. But yet, in the midst of the wilderness wanderings, as he prays, as he thinks about who God is, he says, Lord, thou hast been a dwelling place in all generations. Lord, you're my home. Lord, I'm at home with you. I've had several times this summer as um, I've thought about it, I thought, and I've prayed, Lord, I... I read that, but help me, help me to experience that. Help me to really get that. Because I, I, can, I can read this, I can think about it, I can speak on it. But it's really important to, to take advantage of the fact that God is a home to his people. I believe we'll go, go to prayer now. Is that what we'll be doing? Lord, thank you so much for the fact that you are a home to your people. May we trust in you, we pray in Jesus' name.